Hi, my name is Linda. No, my name is not Linda, and it is very difficult for me to tell you my name. It is not a complicated word at all, and I am not ashamed of it, but the thing is, it is very hard for me to tell the truth. Wait a minute, I will try to pull myself together. My name is Courtney. You know, telling the truth is the hardest thing in the world for me, and the problem is that I am a pathological liar. Well, I'm not lying because I am a bad person, but because I am sick. Yes, exactly. I have a certain mental disorder that doesn't allow me to tell the truth. This problem occurred five years ago when I was almost drowned in the lake. For a long time, I did not have any oxygen and some parts of my brain began to die. And when I was finally rescued and came to my senses, I forgot many things. For example, where I lived, what my last name was, and how old I was. Well, I had to learn many things again. For example, to hold a spoon in my hands. Hell, I have never known before that it was so hard. I also learned the alphabet and the names of my parents and friends again. It was difficult, but I coped with it. Just one nuance remained unresolved. After that tragedy, I began to lie all the time. I was lying literally at every step without any malicious intent, and sometimes it was related to very important matters. And I know that I'm lying, but I can't help myself. I realize that it is difficult for you to understand this, and even my parents did not believe me until my attending physician diagnosed me with a pathological craving for lying. No one had any doubts that the reason was exactly because of that accident, because it was after that that I started having problems with telling the truth. However, nobody knew how to treat this and what to do. At school, everyone called me a liar, and nobody wanted to talk to me. Of course, with my lies, I set up my teachers, my classmates, and even the principal. It annoyed absolutely everyone, with no exception. For example, when the school principal asked me if I had seen the biology teacher, I answered, yes, I've seen him, and pointed in some direction, but in fact, I had no idea where he was. And I could have set up the innocent person saying that I know how he or she broke the chandelier in the conference room, although I really saw who did break it and it was not that person at all. And in pointing to an innocent individual, I was not trying to get revenge or anything on him or her. I just needed to lie. In any community, I became an unwanted and unpleasant person. No one invited me to any events or parties, and my friends began to refuse to go out with me, and in general, I seemed to be excluded from public life. In fact, my lying was sometimes so dangerous even for me, for my health. Once, I had such a severe stomach ache that I could not get out of bed. I was screaming, everything went dark around me, and there was a terrible hum in my ears. My frightened mom called an ambulance and I was taken to the hospital, but doctors needed to realize the clinical picture in order to understand where to look for a problem, so they began to ask me where exactly it hurt and what kind of pain it was, and as I usually did, I showed them a completely different place and described totally different pain. Needless to say, at that moment, I almost lost my life because I sent the doctors on the wrong track, which led to postponing the emergency operation for several hours. Also, a visit to the eye doctor is a real quest for me. 
That is because I can't name the letters that I see, though I can see them honestly. I name completely different letters, and because of this, the eye doctors always think that I'm completely blind. They can't figure out what eyesight I actually have, and it's not fun at all. Although there are some hilarious moments in my story, they are not fun for me, of course. My parents like making fun of me and asking, Courtney, do you want to clean the floor? Oh, honey, do you really want that? Well, okay, we can't prevent you from doing it. Oh, you probably want to wash the windows as well. You can do it right after washing the floor. Well, can you imagine in what a smart way they used my illness? In my opinion, this is really cruel and unfair. They manipulated me using my disease for mercenary purposes. Well, my older sister Helen is also behaving just like them. She constantly takes my pocket money from me after asking, Courtney, do you need this money? Then I'll take it, don't you mind? And this person is my close relative. Shame on her. This could not go on anymore, and I asked my parents to help me and solve my problem somehow. Otherwise, sooner or later, my classmates would abandon me and I would have an even harder time. And my classmates are not the main villains in this story. Nobody knows who I will run into on the street when I lie next time. Everything can end very badly for me. But unfortunately, my parents were as powerless as medicine because my case was completely new for doctors and they have not been able to fully study it yet. But a solution to my problem was still found. It emerged as unexpectedly as the problem itself. A psychotherapist who was studying my case found me and said that he knew how to help me. The thing was that he, together with his colleagues, a neurologist and a biochemist, created a drug called Truth Serum. This is powder that I should take two or three times a day, and for several hours after that, I will not be able to lie and will only tell the truth. This is tempting, but the main problem was that the serum had not been tested at all before because it was invented specifically for me, which meant that I was going to be the first one to try it on myself. For some time, I was thinking about whether I wanted it, trying to assess the possible risks and benefits. But one case settled everything. On that day, a girl from my class asked if I could stay after lessons instead of her to help clean up the physics cabinet where she had burst a balloon filled with paints. Of course, I agreed, although it was really unfair. She just took advantage of the fact that I was lying and forced me to do what I should not and did not want to do. On that day, I washed the classroom and being extremely exhausted, I came home in tears. It was at that time that I called the professor, asking him to bring me the truth serum immediately because I could not live like this anymore. He told me to calm down and said that we could start the test in one of the clinics in the morning. Fortunately, I did not change my mind overnight, and together with my parents, we went to the clinic. There, we signed some documents and were sent to a special room where the doctor was waiting for us. And then, the powder was dissolved in water, and I had to take the first sip, and then answer the questions of the doctors. I was really worried, but there was no turning back. I took a sip. My heart beat really fast and I felt feverish. My fingertips went numb and my tongue began to move uncontrollably inside my mouth. I was really scared and already thought that something had gone wrong. But suddenly, 
I started talking very quickly. Hello everyone, my name is Courtney. I am 16. I live with my parents and older sister. The most important thing about me is that I hate washing the damn floor and dishes. I hate cleaning and doing household chores. Also, I need pocket money. All my pocket money. To the last penny. It is mine. Is that clear? Oh yes, it was I who accidentally scratched my dad's car when I played volleyball with a friend, and I caught a virus on the internet, after which our computer stopped working. I was shocked. I began to say things that I hoped no one would ever know, and I was ashamed of it because I did not want and did not plan to tell them to anyone. Damn, my parents were really mad at me then. All in all, the experiment was successful, and now I had to start taking the truth serum on a daily basis, but I was not sure that I wanted this. Well, it is one thing to stop being a pathological liar, but it is another thing to tell the whole, absolutely whole truth, even when it is not necessary. But still, I decided to at least somehow comply with the instructions of the professors, that is, take the serum two times a day and see what happens. And here is what came of it. On the very first day at school, I had a huge failure. I drank the serum before class and immediately came out to the English teacher. I said that she had terrible clothes and her hair color did not suit her at all. And then I told one of my classmates that I considered her ugly as she had big eyes, like ones of a cow, thin lips, and a somewhat weird nose. And then I told another classmate that it was better for her not to wear skirts considering what type of legs she had. I tried to shut up. No, I really tried as much as possible to do it, but I didn't succeed at all. I told such horrible things to everyone around me. In short, I was very lucky that no one had beaten me for my words. On that day, I came home after classes and started crying because what happened was much worse than lying. I offended a lot of people, voicing my thoughts, my opinion, about which no one asked me. God, what a shame. And now I have to make a difficult choice. Should I continue to take truth serum or go on living without it? Well, maybe I should take it only in extreme cases, when there is a threat to my honor and life, for example. What would you do if you were in my place? I will wait for your answers in the comments, and based on them, I will be able to make a decision. As if with a snap of my fingers, I suddenly was able to get inside people's heads. Well, not with a snap, of course, but because of a massive collision with a car bumper. And not literally get inside, but only to read minds. But still, this event turned my life upside down. Hi, my name's Emma, and I'm going to tell you why reading other people's minds isn't as cool as it sounds. Up till a certain point, I was living a carefree life in Boston <laughs> with my parents. Ever since I was a kid, I was very active. I was eager to do it all. Sing, paint, organize birthday parties for everyone I knew. My parents would always stop me and say, Emma, maybe you should focus on one thing at a time. But I didn't understand why, when there was so much to do in the world. By high school, I was already the editor-in-chief of the school newspaper, chairman of the debate club, and a straight-A student. I don't know how you do it all. My friend Nora used to tell me, I have to study for my math test, and it's like you're a thousand miles ahead of me. It just seems that way. I can barely keep up. I've got a paper to write, and a violin lesson, and a date with Lionel. Yeah, I blushed a little. We're going to the movies tonight. Cool, I hope it goes well for you. I adored Nara, and I could talk to her about anything. We'd been best friends since kindergarten. From the moment Nora told me that she kissed Tom, we never hid anything from each other. She was the one who introduced me to Lionel. 
I was so nervous before the date. I asked myself the usual questions. What to wear? What should we talk about? Does he really like me? What if he thinks I'm boring? Doubts overwhelm me for the rest of the evening. But nothing bad happened. We ended up having a great conversation. He told me about how they were preparing for the new soccer season and how the whole team got food poisoning from Patrick's sandwiches. And I said something about the upcoming newspaper release. Even though we didn't have similar interests, we still found common ground. The next day, I didn't remember what the movie was about. But I remembered the moment when Lionel grabbed my hand and then timidly let it go. The school newsroom was as noisy and chaotic as usual. Even though our work was not paid, it felt as if we were preparing for an issue of Times Magazine. Emma, where have you been? You're late! Was the first thing I heard when I walked into the room. That served as our office. Tim grudgingly crossed his arms and waited for me to answer. Urgent business. We don't know what to put on the front page. The story about the poisoning of the soccer team, or Brad Falchuk's story about the school being overrun by zombies. No horror stories, I exclaimed. The story isn't as bad as usual, Tim said and showed me the manuscript. No, I'd rather have a story about soccer players. We give them too much attention as it is. What if they miss the new season? That's important news. Tim muttered something. Brad was his friend, so he was always bringing his horribly written stories to the newsroom. In general, Tim was a great assistant. We often disagreed, though. He hated sports and school gossip. I, on the other hand, thought it was an important part of school life. If there's a fresh love story, preferably a sad one with yelling and crying, it's great for the paper. So, our paper was either loved or hated. Even though I was busy most of the time, I still managed to find time for Lionel. Going to the movies and coffee shops with him, listening to music. I even went to his team practice sometimes. After a while, we could no longer be without each other. One day, I stayed late at the newsroom and was late for a date with Lionel. I got out of school and saw a bus approaching the bus stop. I rushed towards it. There was a loud honk and a screech of brakes when I was halfway there. I froze for a moment, and then there was darkness. I woke up at the hospital. My head felt heavy, like a marble ball. Everything was a blur. I could see faces, but I didn't recognize them. Then I fell asleep again. As I was later told, I ran onto the road without looking around and was hit by a car. The recovery process took several weeks. During that time, I discovered the strangest thing. Sometimes, I thought I could hear someone talking, but their mouth was closed. At the same time, I thought it was some kind of side effect of the medication, but I was wrong. The first time I realized that there was something wrong with me was when I was driving home with my parents. I settled in the backseat and heard my mom say, What was she thinking? She almost died. Always running around like a wind-up doll. That's not true! I tried to justify myself. I was in a hurry, and that car came out of nowhere. What are you talking about, honey? We don't blame you, said my father. Mom said I was a wind-up doll. I never said that, she protested, her eyes widening in surprise. But I just heard you say it. I didn't say anything, she said firmly, and then added to herself. How does she know what I was thinking? I hope I can make it to the game, my father said to himself. You just picked me up from the hospital, and you're already thinking about the game? No, I'm not. Dad protested, dumbfounded. And then, is she reading my mind? Mm. 
No, it can't be. She can probably tell by the look on my face that I want to get to the game in time. I leaned back in my seat and just stared out the window. I need to come to my senses. Everyone probably feels like they can hear or see something after an accident. I didn't pay much attention to the whole incident. But what happened at school could no longer be mistaken for an accident or post-hospital fatigue. As I entered the school building, fragments of phrases flashed through my head, which seemed to be addressed to no one in particular. No one notices me. It's like I'm invisible. I'll probably have to repeat the year, unless I manage to cheat in math. She said she didn't meet up with Darren, but I saw them. I need to eat less. I need to eat less. I looked at everyone with a surprised, almost frantic look. Then Kevin came up to me. It's good to see you. I hope you've recovered. When Kevin finished his sentence, I immediately heard his voice. Miss Perfect is going to remind us again how insignificant we all are, even though she herself can't even cross the road safely. I didn't understand where the voice was coming from. It made me feel uncomfortable. Were those his thoughts? The idea slipped through my head. Okay, I'll see you in biology class. Kevin left before I could answer, and I ran into Nora. She jumped up to me and gave me a big hug. I was so worried about you. And immediately, damn, I wish she could stay in the hospital forever. Why? I exclaimed. Aren't you glad to see me? I am, very much so. Nora fluttered her eyelashes innocently, and at that moment, I heard. Do I have it written all over my face that I'm not thrilled at all? I see. I walked out of the school and sat down on the bench. What's going on? I thought, why isn't anyone happy to see me? Am I going crazy? Or can I really read their minds? I heard something about people waking up with superpowers after an accident, but it can be true, right? The facts proved otherwise. I could clearly hear what people were thinking, and as it turned out, a lot of people didn't have the highest opinion of me. Show off. Well, here she comes. Homecoming queen. Dummy. Though their faces lit up with the most benevolent smiles in the world, that's when Lionel appeared. It would be better if it were a dream and not reality. Hey, Emma. He put his arm around my waist and kissed me on the cheek. How are you? Terrible. I feel like I'm going crazy. I wish you were. I wouldn't have to lie to you about Nora. What are you talking about? I didn't say anything. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to work out. Sure. My head was spinning. Lionel and Nora? No way. They wouldn't do that to me. But Warren's thoughts finally convinced me of what I didn't want to believe. Poor Emma. Doesn't even know her boyfriend was hanging out with Nora while she was in the hospital. I was shattered and depressed. Everyone turned their backs on me. Just as I was about to burst into tears, I heard a familiar voice behind me. She's back! It was Tim. Don't think that we were struggling without you. And then to himself, but the truth is, it was a mess here without you. It's so good that you're back. I sneered. Everything has probably fallen into shambles in the last three weeks. Not at all. People got a break from all the gossip, at least. You're probably right. What? What happened to Emma who used to chase every tabloid headline? Still at the hospital. Tim mm -hmm. smiled, and I could hear what he was thinking. How glad I am to see you. If only you knew how much I've missed you. I was so surprised by what I heard. 
I couldn't really say anything, especially since I had to go to class. I always thought Tim didn't like me, but it turned out that wasn't the case. Somehow, I pulled myself together and got back to doing what I liked best. I devoted even more energy to the school paper. I spent hours reading textbooks. I played the violin and a lot of other things. But I also wanted to get even with Nora and Lionel. So I wrote an article about the two-faced couple. It came out pretty bitter and spiteful. I shouldn't have been so harsh, but it was too late to change it. Nora was very affected by the anonymous article, and I think you can all guess who the author was. I got a lot of fans after that article. Emma's really cool to do something like this. How conniving they are. That Lionel and Nora was in everyone's mind. And while everyone sympathized with me, everyone was avoiding Nora and calling her a stalker behind her back. So, my best friend became my sworn enemy. She, in fact, started a rumor that I was the first one who stole her boyfriend. I had to write a rebuttal article. People's opinion of me and Nora changed literally every day. I was either a liar or a hero. This whole show is beginning to annoy me. The only one who was consistently supportive of me the whole time was Tim. Yeah, forget it. People say what they say. You know how easy it is to manipulate other people's opinions. I think you did the right thing. You don't like articles like that. Yeah, but they deserved it. Nora didn't want to apologize and make peace with me. Instead, she and Lionel decided to take revenge on me. Not just verbally. She stole my diary and scattered the pages all over school. Now everyone knew something that wasn't meant for the wider audience. When I came to school, everyone already knew my secrets. Tim wanted to calm me down and give me a hug, but my emotions got the better of me, and I ran out into the street. The car came out of nowhere in the same spot as the last time. I think the road was cursed or something. I ended up in the hospital again. Nothing serious this time. I bruised my arm and banged my head slightly. The effect was staggering. I no longer heard voices. I can hear anyone's thoughts. People were a mystery to me again. Tim was visiting me in the hospital the whole time, <laughs> updating me on the latest news. The school principal investigated what had happened and found out what Nora had done. She was suspended from school for a while. Our feud stopped only a month later, when we were finally able to have a normal conversation. <laughs> Meanwhile, my relationship with Tim took a turn. At first, we just started talking a lot, but then he admitted that he'd been in love with me for a long time. I really like you too. I told him. When I went back to school, I was well aware that everyone knew my secrets, but I couldn't hear anything else, and I didn't care what anyone thought of me. The main thing was that I had someone around me who liked me and always supported me. Although, this had no effect on our work at the newspaper. Tim and I continued to argue for hours about what to put on the front page. So, that's my story. Tell me. Would you like to be able to read other people's minds? And how would you use that ability? Write about it in the comments. Hi everyone, my name is Cassie, and I'm so perfect that all the boys lose their heads over me. However, at some point, all that changed. Well, I'm so perfect that I shine brighter than the sun. I mean, there's got to be a reason why all guys lose their head over me, and probably their vision, because I'm a real dazzler. Every one of them dreams of being my boyfriend, and I'm hoping amongst all this mighty crowd to find the one who will also dazzle me with his brilliance. 
and ideally with some diamonds. Boys fight for my attention all the time. I'm used to it. Once, two boys even did a motorbike race for me. I sat bored in the bleachers of the stadium, painting my nails while they rode around. I have no idea what they were trying to accomplish. I left the stadium immediately after a local rich kid texted me. Oh, you have no idea how long I've been on the hunt for him. For the first time in my life, I had to chase someone instead of turning around and laughing at the poor saps who tried to chase me. But unfortunately, I got my hopes up for nothing when Mark asked me out. He just invited me to a party and then he just treated me like a friend. But it's better than sitting in the stadium and waiting for two idiots to finish a useless race. Anyway, I was enjoying my life as Miss Perfect. At some point, however, I sensed something wasn't right. In fact, I noticed various prophetic signs as early as this morning. For instance, my hair dryer stopped working. I accidentally broke a nail with a nail file. How is that possible? Well, somehow it is possible. I must have been cursed by some evil nail master spirit. Also, I was in such a hurry to get to school. I wore a shirt that totally didn't match the skirt. At first, I wasn't surprised that the boys weren't paying attention to me. After all, I wasn't in the best shape and they must have noticed my broken nail. However, it turned out to be much worse. A new girl came to our school who wowed absolutely everyone with her beauty. Even Mark, who I'd been chasing. That's when I knew I was screwed. Not only was she more perfect than me, I wasn't even in the best shape that day. And the new Miss Perfect also noticed my broken nail, my flawed hairstyle, and my horrible shirt. Who is that? I asked my classmate. Her name is Rebecca, and she's joining our class. What? She's going to be our classmate? Oh no. As soon as the new girl walked into class, I was afraid that all the guys were going to choke on their drool. How pathetic and ridiculous they look. I decided heavily and sent out a group message that I was inviting everyone to the party on Saturday. After all, I've been in the school longer than Rebecca and I've built up quite a reputation. Plus, my parties are legendary. But no one showed up on Saturday. I, of course, was outraged. So I tried to find out where everyone had gone. As it turned out, Rebecca was also having a party that day and everyone went to her place because she had a pool and a cool DJ was playing. This is outrageous! I yelled out. I was so angry. I smashed a carafe full of punch. I couldn't take it anymore and I went to the party too. I wanted to know what I was being traded for. There was lots of delicious food and drinks. Guys were swimming in the pool and the DJ was rocking the crowd on the dance floor. Whatever, nothing fancy just a regular party. Mine would be cooler. When Rebecca approached me with a tray of snacks on it, I gave her an arrogant look and smacked her on the arm. And all the food went flying onto the ground. Who do you think you are? You come to our school and decide you're in charge? No, that's not going to work. I'm in charge. You're nobody and will stay that way if you continue to show off. The new girl started crying. I was pleased with myself for bringing Rebecca to tears but I didn't expect all the boys to turn against me. The boys immediately started calming her down. Why did you come here? You've only spoiled everyone's mood. Get lost. Their bluntness made me gasp for air. Rebecca was embraced by my admirers and I was supposed to leave? What, am I in a parallel universe? I had no other choice. I left the party in tears. The next day, I was in for a real shock. 
Mark gifted Rebecca a red Porsche. He was moved by the girl's tears that he decided to cheer her up. Happy Rebecca hugged the boy and kissed him on the cheek. While I burned with jealousy and anger. Porsche? Seriously? Just over some tears? If I had known it was that easy, I'd be throwing tantrums for Mark every week. I wanted to throw rotten eggs at that car, but that would probably ruin my reputation even more. Instead, I decided to be friends with Rebecca, and then after, I discovered all her secrets. Destroy her. But as soon as I approached the new girl, she was immediately surrounded by her high school football players, who used to carry me in their arms. Stay away from her. One of them said, I just wanted to talk. You already talked once and made Rebecca cry. We won't let her get hurt. You go near her again and we won't let you get away with it. Got it? Threatened the other one. Holy crap, are they all crazy? Maybe Rebecca had some kind of magic and put a spell on all the guys. I thought nobody would ever look at me now, but I still had admirers outside of school. So I decided to start dating one of those motorbike guys who did a race in my honor back then. His name was Zach. He won, by the way. We drove up to the supermarket on this awesome motorbike, and we looked great. Right up until the moment when Rebecca and Mark pulled up in their limo. They made us look lame and ridiculous. At the store, Mark was buying Rebecca everything she pointed her finger at, and I had to choke down a cheap candy bar because my boyfriend spent most of his money on gas. Hey, I caught Mark by the arm and took him aside. Do you know she's taking advantage of you? Rebecca's a nice girl, and she's not capable of that. You, on the other hand, really liked my money. And you were the one who wanted to take advantage of me. So back off. He pushed me away and walked over to Rebecca holding a brand new purse. No, that's not how it works. If this little upstart thought she could outshine me, she's dead wrong. Because I wasn't about to give up without a fight. First, I decided to find out more about who Rebecca was. Luckily, my boyfriend's dad was a cop so I was able to get some information about her. Turns out, Rebecca and I went to the same primary schools. I immediately remembered an invisible girl who I used to make fun of a lot. No one ever noticed her because all the attention was on me. Was she now determined to get back at me? I also found out that one time, Rebecca got into a serious fight with some girl and her parents got a fine. Hmm, why don't I just get her involved in a fight? Then her reputation would definitely be ruined. Well, why would you do that, Cassie? Zach asked, while waxing his bike. I want my reputation back. I want everyone to lose their head over me again. But you already have me. Why do you need others? The guy hugged me, and I wanted to scream at his stupidity. What do you mean, why? Zach was not the best option. I wanted guys like Mark, not poor guys on motorbikes. You wouldn't understand. It's, you know, a girl thing. I giggled stupidly. The next day, I did my best to provoke Rebecca, but she remained calm. And I was about to say goodbye to my reputation at school forever when I overheard a very interesting conversation. Rebecca was talking to my classmate and telling her how annoying Mark was and that she only puts up with him because of the money. She also added that she's sick of all her followers and that she wanted to steal my boyfriend. Wow, that was unexpected. It's a good thing I filmed the whole thing. I told Zach about it but he wasn't supportive. Well, why don't you post that video for all to see? It'll only help her, and now she's suffering. But then everyone will be disappointed in her and I'll go back to being Miss Perfect. To me, you're already perfect, and I would never look at someone like Rebecca. 
I don't know why, but his words really impressed me. No one had ever said anything to me like that before. And Zack was able to surprise me and make me feel good without money or gifts. But despite that, I didn't want to back down from my plan. Putting the video online was too easy. What about playing it during our traditional end-of-school-year ball? The effect would be amazing. For me, of course. When I got to the prom, I wasn't surprised to see all the guys hanging around Rebecca. Hardly anyone paid any attention to me. And I was about to get the memory stick to the prom host when I noticed something. Rebecca was reluctantly dancing with every guy and kept looking at me. I noticed the look of dissatisfaction on her face. Well, of course, but I couldn't care less about her and the new girl just wanted to make me suffer. I looked at the memory stick, smiled, and put it away in my clutch. Zach was right. There's no need to ruin anything because Rebecca, sooner or later, will ruin everything herself when she gets tired of the circus. I left the ball with a happy look on my face and went to my boyfriend's. So shall we go for a ride on the bike? I asked. Whatever you want. He answered. For the first time, I enjoyed our time together. We went to a secluded place, watched the sunset, and cuddled. At that moment, I didn't care about Mark or my reputation at school, and I certainly didn't care about Rebecca. But on the very last day of school, something interesting happened. As I walked down the corridor, I was suddenly attacked from behind. It was Rebecca. She started a fight right in front of everyone. You always piss me off. You drive me crazy now. I've done everything I can to ruin your reputation, and you don't even respond to it, she yelled. Everyone was shocked, and I pulled out one of her tricks and started crying. All the guys immediately ran up to me to console me. Even Mark came to my defense. That was the moment Rebecca destroyed herself and ran away from school in shame. You were right about her, Mark said. I'm sorry I didn't believe you at first. Do you want to go out sometime? He smiled and took my hand. Get lost, I said calmly. I'm not interested in people like you anymore. Everyone was shocked when I blew off this rich kid. I was relieved. I got my reputation back. Mark asked me out on a date, and I had the nerve to reject him in front of everyone. And then there was my boyfriend, Zach, waiting for me outside of school, who wouldn't trade me for any Rebecca. Being perfect is great, and being surrounded by admirers is fine too, but it's more important to be surrounded by people who see more than just your perfect looks. They see your soul. Zach made me realize that. And now I'm happy. Do you consider yourself a perfect person? Write your answers in the comments. I'd be interested in reading them. And be sure to share this video with your friends. I couldn't believe my eyes. A hidden camera, right in my room. This couldn't be happening. Who installed it? And how did I not see it? Hi, my name's Susan, and you would never believe the story I'm about to tell you. I wouldn't believe it either, and to be honest, I still don't. I'll start by saying that ever since I was a kid, I've been considered weird. Yeah, my hobbies are not what you'd call ordinary. I used to watch videos about conspiracy theories. I believed in ghosts and the afterlife. I saw signs in everything. My friends and parents had gotten used to my peculiarities a long time ago. My mom and dad were more concerned that I was doing well in school and not hanging with shady people. My friends, on the other hand, appreciated my sense of humor and openness. And all was well until the night when I first noticed something strange. 
My friends and I were coming home from the movie theater, discussing the movie and making plans. Usually, we walk together to the same intersection, and then we go our separate ways home. We wished each other goodnight, exchanged jokes, and I turned onto my street. I was in a good mood. I walked past the houses and smiled to myself. But the smile disappeared from my face when I put my hand in my pocket to get my headphones. The pocket was empty. Oh, damn. I lost my headphones that my parents had given me for my birthday years ago. Maybe I dropped them on the way? <sighs> With a sigh, I headed back to the intersection, hoping that my headphones were still lying on the pavement somewhere. As I turned to the corner, however, I instantly forgot about losing them. My friends, who seemed to have gone home at the same time as I did, were standing at the same intersection where we said goodbye, arguing about something. I froze and opened my mouth to call out to my friends. Suddenly, Owen saw me. It's Susan, he yelled. The guy's faces changed and they started running away. I was still standing at the intersection, not really sure what was going on. I had no choice but to turn around and go home, giving up on my lost headphones. So, what was that all about? I asked this question in our shared chat room. What do you mean? Owen replied immediately. Don't make a fool out of me. I saw you at the intersection. You ran away as soon as you saw me. The chat was silent for about five minutes. I saw the guys were typing something, but they never sent it. I could bet that outside of the chat, they were discussing how to respond. You're making things up again, Susan. Finally wrote Tori. Did you watch your weird reptiloid videos all night again? The others responded with smiley faces. Oh, really? Of course, the best defense is offense. And actually, reptiloids do exist. I'll see how these geniuses laugh when the lizards take over the planet. I decided not to respond and toss the phone aside. And these are my best friends. I watched the notifications from the shared chat up on my phone all evening, but I didn't respond. Surely, they were making wisecracks about my imagination. But the strange things didn't stop there. In the morning on my way down to breakfast, I heard my parents talking, and I almost fell down the stairs. They clearly weren't ready for me to get up so early. What do we need to talk about? Dad asked. I never had time to read the message. I had a lot of work to do. John, you're being irresponsible about your role. Mom answered, We need to say that Anne Jacqueline is sick, and we need to visit her next week. That doesn't sound believable, to be honest. Well, what can I do? They told me to improvise, and I last acted in a school play about 20 years ago. What does it all mean? What kind of roles are they talking about? Meanwhile, my parents finished their strange conversation, and my mother shouted, Susan, breakfast is ready! I had to go downstairs and pretend I didn't hear anything. Of course, my appetite was out of the question. Thoughts swirled in my head, one more suspicious than the next. My friends obviously wanted to discuss something without me. This has never happened before. We always did everything together and had no secrets from each other. My parents were up to something too and made up some crazy story about Aunt Jacqueline. Just so you understand, my Aunt Jacqueline is a very rich and very unpleasant person. Even on her deathbed, she wouldn't want to have poor people like us hanging around her. So, the story my parents were going to tell me was a total fail. But that's not what surprised me. They said to improvise, 
Who's they? Ugh, all this weirdness is worthy of the Shane Dawson channel. I'd love to jump to a conclusion or two, but I had absolutely no clue as to what was going on. I wanted to keep a closer eye on my parents' behavior, and I decided not to communicate with my friends at all for now. I was so offended by what they said. I was so angry that they made me look like a freak. So I'll let them hang out without me until they admit what they did was wrong. And they can explain their bizarre behavior. Well, for the next few days, my parents didn't raise any suspicions, as if they knew I was watching them closely. We usually spent Friday nights together. We'd have a nice dinner, and then we'd sit in front of the TV and watch a movie. We have a rule in our family. We take turns choosing a movie. One week it was mom, next week it was dad, and the week after, it was my turn. If it wasn't for this rule, I would have only survived family movie nights for a couple of months. My parents would usually pick some old movie, and I would almost fall asleep in the middle of it. But when it was my turn, we always had a great time. Well, at least I did. This Friday, I was out of luck. My mother, as usual, chose some old sob story. But this time, I didn't manage to get any sleep. The movie was called The Truman Show, and it was about a man who one day discovers that his whole life was a reality show. There were cameras everywhere. Every event in his life was directed by a genius producer, and the people, even those closest to him, are just actors playing parts. I forgot how to breathe. The credits were rolling on the screen, and I still couldn't get my thoughts together. Susan, is everything okay? Mom put her hand on my shoulder. Yeah. I stared at her. They said to improvise. Mom's words played in my head like a broken record, and my friends discussing something behind my back and then pretending it didn't happen. This couldn't be happening. Of course I couldn't sleep that night. Rolling from side to side, I tried to calm down and prove to myself that there was no reality show featuring me. It was a ridiculous idea. I could write a book with my wild imagination. I decided to bring my teddy bear Barney to bed. When I was a kid, he always helped me fall asleep quickly. But at some point, I decided that sleeping with a teddy bear at my age was stupid. Since then, Barney had settled on the shelf above my desk. I haven't picked him up for such a long time, and I wish I hadn't. Once I looked at his cute face, I screamed and dropped the toy on the floor. No way! As I took Barney into my hands again and looked closely, I felt my insides freeze. A hidden camera. It was installed in the right eye of my teddy bear. Who installed it? And what was it filming? Is my whole life a scripted show, like in that movie? My parents came running into the room. When my mom saw Barney in my arms, she gasped and stared at my dad. Why didn't you tell me the truth? I screamed. What do you mean? Dad looked at mom disapprovingly. Didn't you tell her everything? I should have, but I forgot. Susan, it's... You forgot? I threw the bear to the floor. Forgot to tell me that my whole life is a stupid reality show, and you're complete strangers to me. How could you forget that? Honey, Dad said softly, don't be so dramatic. What's he talking about? What do you mean dramatic? Now I knew what that strange remark from Mom meant. My parents suggested we talk about this in the morning, over breakfast, without getting too emotional. 
They took Barney and cautiously left the room, clearly afraid of making me more angry. I was in shock. What was I supposed to do now? Where to go if everything around me isn't real? I grabbed my phone and opened the group chat room. My friends, for days now, have been trying in vain to work things out with me by sending me funny stickers and asking how I was doing and how long I was going to stay mad. Stay mad? I know everything! Despite the late hour, my message was immediately read by everyone in the chat room. Barry was the first to respond. I knew it was a stupid idea. Well, you should have thought of something different, Monica replied. Susan, we're sorry we tricked you. We had no other choice. Owen added a crying smiley face. I started typing, feeling tears well up in my eyes. What do you mean there was no other way out? My whole life is ruined. Now I don't know what's true and what's a lie. Who are my real friends and who are the actors who are paid to pretend to be my friends? Uh, Sue? You're obviously overreacting, Tori said. I felt like smashing the phone against the wall. Overreacting? My whole life is a freaking reality show, and I'm overacting? Susan, I don't really understand what you mean. Barry stepped in again. We just wanted to surprise you. I know those headphones were dare to you, but the ones we got you are mind-blowing. What other headphones? I was totally confused about what was going on. And then my friends, interrupting each other, began to tell me their vision of what was happening. As it turned out, they'd long noticed that my headphones were barely alive. Barry, Owen, Tori, and Monica decided to chip in and buy me the coolest new headphones. And to make sure I would use them, they decided to steal my old headphones. And that's what my friends did that day at the movie theater. I swear, Sue, you're gonna go crazy when you hear those basses, raved Owen. Wait a minute. You wrote that you knew everything. What did you mean by that? I didn't know what to answer, Tori. I didn't want to look any weirder than I was. Okay, this part of the story seemed pretty believable. But what the hell was up with the camera in my room? That's what my parents told me at breakfast. We installed hidden cameras a long time ago, Mom explained. There's more than one in the house, one per room. But don't worry, we only turn them on when the whole family goes on vacation. I should have told you about it, but I forgot. I got carried away. Actually, it's strange that you've only noticed them now, dear. Daddy frowned. How do you clean your room? Again, the best defense is a good offense. But what about the one sentence that scarred me so much? Our friends invited us to a spa hotel next week. To relax, to have fun, Mom said. We were embarrassed that we weren't taking you with us, and we didn't want you to think we were tired of you. To be honest, I still didn't fully believe their explanations. Too many coincidences, don't you think? Or maybe I am living in a reality show. But then, how do I know for sure? Please, share your opinion in the comments. And if you like my story, subscribe to our channel and like this video.